Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now for our story. In Del Shipley's Chicago apartment this afternoon, Aunt Mary Lane was relaxing for the first time since her arrival last evening. She had arisen bright and early and gone to see Captain Martin Russo, who was chief of the homicide division. Remembering his helpfulness some time ago when her niece Peggy had been implicated in a murder, Mary Lane had decided to enlist the captain's help in the search she and Bill were making for Mario Descari. So much hinged on finding Mario and persuading him to return home. Although Mario had no inkling of it, his wife was going to have a child. She needed him with her. Then there was Peggy's marriage to Bill, which could not take place unless Mario agreed to prove Bill's innocence of having broken up his home. Peggy's fiancé had lost his job at the bank because the townspeople believed the false gossip Ben Calvert had started. The gossip which had resulted in a near tragedy, and Carla Descari's being hurt and Mario's disappearance. This afternoon, as she rested after a busy morning, Aunt Mary's mind was occupied with all these recent happenings. She was wondering if Captain Russo might have something to report before long. Then, answering a discreet knock at the door, Aunt Mary was pleased to see the very person who had been in the talks. Why, good afternoon, Captain Russo. Do come in. Thank you, Mrs. Lane. Please sit down, Captain. Thank you. You know, I was just thinking about you. (laughs) Oh, really? There's something good, I hope. Oh, yes. I was wondering when I might expect to hear from you and telling myself not to be impatient. And now, here you are. You shouldn't have bothered to come in to see me, though. If you'd telephoned, I'd have been glad to go to your office. I know how busy you are. Well, I have some good news, and I wanted you to hear just as soon as possible. Good news? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not positive, of course, but I think we've located your man. You mean you've actually found Mario already? Well, we haven't got our hands on him, but I think we've located him. Then Mario is in Chicago. Somehow I felt he must be. Mm-hmm. I only hope he doesn't get away before we actually contact him. Oh, that would be dreadful, Captain Russo. But I don't understand. If you know where Mario is, wouldn't it be best to get in touch with him right away? Oh, yes, of course it would. But, you see, we, we aren't quite that far along. At least not yet. Perhaps I'd better explain what we've accomplished so far. I've been sitting here, keeping my fingers crossed, just hoping you'd succeed. And frankly, I... Well, I couldn't imagine how you'd go about it. Well, fortunately, Mrs. Lane, your uh, your description of the sort of person Descari is, what you told Sergeant Jackson and me this morning, gave us a valuable clue. How do you mean, Captain? Well, from what you said concerning the man's relationship with his wife, his affection for her, we both, the sergeant and I, had a hunch he'd be pretty homesick, anxious to know how she was getting on and all that. So we decided he'd probably keep in touch through his hometown newspaper. The Sentinel? Mm-hmm, that's right. When we checked, we found that the Wakefield Sentinel isn't carried by many newsstands here in Chicago. Jackson went around to a couple of them to find out whether a man answering Mario's description had been buying the paper. The answer was negative at the first two. But at the third, he got what he considered a sufficient clue to 
warrant staking out for a while. Sure enough, after a few hours, a young woman came by and bought the paper. A young woman? Hmm. I'm afraid, Mrs. Lane, that Mario Descari isn't quite so homesick for his wife as we supposed. At any rate, if he is, he's doing his best to forget his sorrows. At least that's my guess. I can't believe it. When Mario loves Carla dearly, I'm... I'm positive he does. You may be right. Possibly this young woman helped him out, and he simply feels grateful. We can't be sure just what this relationship is, as yet. But perhaps it's a mistake. I mean, what makes you believe this girl is connected with Mario in any way? She may have some other reason for buying the Wakefield paper. That's the idea she tried to give us, but I'm inclined to think she was lying. She denied knowing Mario? <laughs> My, according to Anna Bartok, she never heard of him. I see. Yes, I agree with you, because if she had read the Wakefield paper, she couldn't have helped noticing the stories about him lately. Exactly. And if she were telling the truth about her reason for buying the paper... She'd have no reason to pretend she hadn't heard of Descari. So those facts, her very denial looks suspicious. What uh, reason did she give for being interested in the Sentinel? Her story has to do with some man by the name of um, Borden. He promised to marry her and then skipped out with $300 he borrowed from her. And I gather this man was from Wakefield and she wanted to trace him? That's right. What do you think of the story, Mrs. Lane? You've lived in Wakefield a long time. All my life. Well, then you must know practically everyone in town. Yes, I do. Uh, did you ever hear of a Tom Borden? Never, Captain Russo. Mm -hmm. That's what I expected. The girl's story, then, has to be false. You say this girl's name is Anna? Anna Bartok. Mm. Oh, I'm sure she's never been to Wakefield. At least, not for any length of time. Well, after talking to you, Mrs. Lane, I... I'm even more convinced the girl is lying. She knows Descari all right, and I think she knows where he is. But if she won't talk, the only thing we can do is watch her. Can't arrest her on any charge, you see. Even if she is shielding Descari, we've no basis for bringing her in, because, point of fact, Descari himself isn't wanted officially. That's true. Oh, if only she'd tell us where he is. Well, I'm not sure we can get anything out of her. See, she's had dealings with the law before. Oh, no, Captain Russo. You don't mean this girl is a, is a criminal, do you? Well, let's just say she's made a few mistakes in her time. However, at present, she's apparently trying to go straight. What does she do for a living? Is she a family somewhere? Her father and mother are both dead. They passed away quite recently, I believe. She inherited a rooming house. At present, she's earning her living as a landlady. I see. Where is this rooming house? It's in Gary. 1930 Franklin Street. Well, Captain Rousseau, I, I want to thank you for taking so much trouble to let me know about this. It's something to go on, at least. That's right. It's a starting point. Uh, it's too bad we can't get the girl to talk. If she does know where Mario is, we could save a lot of time if she'd cooperate. I wonder if I were to see her, talk to her, if it would help any. Well, wouldn't hurt to try, Mrs. Lane, but frankly, I, I can't offer you much encouragement. Anna Bartok's a very cagey young woman. 
And on top of that, I believe she's shielding this guy because she's in love with him. A woman will go to great lengths when she's protecting her lover. I know. But you see, there's another woman who loves Mario, too. His wife. And she needs him and has a right to his protection. I'm thinking of her, Captain Russo. Yeah, naturally, you are. I hate to think that some other woman, one who has no claim on him, actually, might be the obstacle to Mario's returning home. Somehow, I feel if this young woman understood how important it is that he return to Carla, it might make her change her mind. As you said, it wouldn't hurt to try. No, it won't, Mrs. Lane. All right, then. I believe I'll go and talk to Anna Bartok this afternoon. A few hours later, Aunt Mary stood in the dark hallway of Anna Bartok's dingy rooming house. She knocked on Anna's door, to which a card with the word manager scrawled on it had been thumbtacked. Bartok, I'd like to speak to you for a moment. Who is it? Won't you let me in, please? I can explain in a moment. I'm busy. You better come back tomorrow. But I'd like to speak to you now. It's quite important. I'm busy, I tell you. Please, Miss Bartok. Oh, but I'll run on night. Go away, will you? It won't take long, I promise. Well, I hope you're satisfied. Now you made me cut my finger. Why, you're... You're bleeding. I'm awfully sorry. Why should you be? Now, what do you want? You must put something on that cut. Forget it. You're going to tell me what you're after, or aren't you? Yes, but first I'm going to bandage that finger. You might get a nasty infection, Miss Bartok. Come along. Say, who are you, anyway? How come you know my name? I'll tell you in a minute. First, where's your medicine cabinet? I won't tell till you tell me who you are. What the hell are you busting in here making a lot of trouble and not even introducing yourself? All right, I'll tell you. My name is Mrs. Mary Lane. Mrs. Mary Lane. You're from Wakefield? Yes, from Wakefield. I'm a friend of Mario Descari's. Who's that? Never heard of him. Anna Bartok spoke defiantly. She swayed a little as Mary Lane carefully bandaged a cut finger. If this dame thought she could pump her, Anna was thinking, she had another thing coming. And inwardly, Aunt Mary herself was dubious. Anna Bartok wasn't going to be easy to manage, she knew. 